A pleasant good morning to everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Carlos Brown Show. Watch, heard exclusively right here on the Black College Sports Network. Yours truly, Carlos Brown, joined by guest co-host Charles Etman of the uh, Alcorn State Radio Network. Charles, good morning to you. It is Bayou Classic time, 49th edition. A lot is on the table today. Good morning. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Absolutely correct. It is a huge, huge day in the Slack Western Division. Southern has their site, and then they let it flip, but they have a chance to get it back. On that note, a lot, a, a lot to talk about. The guest menu looks like this, and it's 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 a full uh, menu. On today's show, of course, Charles Edmund uh, will, will join me in hour number one. Then, Charles, we're going to bring you back in hour number two here on, on a, a special time, of course, 10 a.m. Uh, to 12 noon Central Standard Time. Uh, scheduled to join me, Bruce Eugene, former quarterback at Grandma State University. We're going to spend a few minutes with him. He's getting ready. He's a coach. He's getting ready for a playoff game in New York City. So it was a pleasure just to get him to uh, chime in with us for for about 15 minutes, and then uh, we will uh, let him go to take care of business. Then after that, at about 10.30, um, uh, I'm going to bring in members of the 2003 Southern University football team, Alfred R., scheduled joiners Chris Davis, James Vernon, and Quincy Reshore. And somehow I think I'm forgetting somebody, but hopefully I, I have not. And uh, they'll join us in the bottom of our number one. Then in our number two, we bring Charles back. We'll get into some uh, uh, swag football news and notes. And then last but not least, we're going to join uh, with Aussie Clark of the uh, Gramlin State Radio Network. He joins us live from the Louisiana Superdome, the Caesar. Louisiana Superdome in New Orleans, Louisiana. So it's the 49th edition of the Bayou Classic, Charles. A lot on the table. Let's just cut straight through it. It's a rival game, of course, but for Southern University, a lot more at stake as well. They win. They represent the Western Division, and, and my pick for the Western Division championship will be there, albeit with three conference losses, then they will face Jackson State in a rematch, but this time it'll be for uh, the 2022 SWAC football championship, Charles. So uh, you're playing your rival, but as always, it seems of late, it comes down to the Bayou Classic, the uh, the winner, in this case, Southern University. They win, they're in. If not, Prairie View and them gets a rematch from last year's SWAC football championship. Wow. Go figure, Charles. Yeah, go figure. And look, we need to give credit to 180 Drew. If we go back to our you know preseason predictions, 80 Drew nailed do I, it. He do, said, do I have to, Charles? Do I have to? Do I yes. have to? Three, three losses in the conference. Let's give credit with credit. I mean, I, I thought that was a bit of a stretch when he said it, but it's turned out he nailed it. He said, the, don't be surprised if the winner of the West has three losses. That's what we're looking at here. Uh, but look, this game is is huge. The Bayou Classic, as a grandma knight myself, I know how big the Bayou Classic is. 
It spurs a lot of emotion. It spurs a lot of venom. It spews a lot of uh, disagreements and hate and all that stuff when it comes to this game. You know, so I, I, I get it. I understand it. And look, for Southern, you know, the pick for them winning the West, they got to win today. And, and for Grambling, you know, it's about pride. You know, it's a, I'm sure Doug Williams would be in the house and a lot of Grambling Knights would be on that sideline. This game, you know, is, is, is a lot at stake for pride for one side, for a, a division title on the other side. So this is going to be a really fun game to watch, and we'll see. We'll, we'll see how it evolves. You can throw records out the window when it comes to pride, heart, gut, grits, all that stuff. Uh, I think that will be a, a, a big factor in this nationally televised game. And, and you've seen in the past, uh, one team is, you know, already there. They're going to play another game there in the championship. You've seen a, a, a team that has nothing – to gain but pride, as you stated. And I've seen some Grammar State teams that, you know, hey, they're already champions. Southern comes in. It's their Super Bowl, if I can use that analogy. And stranger things have happened. I, I remember once Gramlin came in with an 8-2 and two record. I believe Southern was 2-8. and eight. Southern put up 50 points in that ball game. So it, it, it is huge. And for Grammar State simply stating, this is their championship. This is their Super Bowl. This is their swag championship. And they're going to come in ready to play. For Southern University, hey, we see what's at stake. And a lot of things surrounding this game, who's going to start at quarterback? Is it Bashar McCray? Uh, if you take a, a, a poll of the fans, and I've heard from them, they rather Bubba McDaniels to start. So we'll see. Coach Dooley? He is the CEO of this football program. You're shaking your head, Charles. We will see when 1 p.m. You're shaking your head. You're thinking it's Bashawn McCray. I don't know. Coach Dooley, from comments earlier in the week, saying it, it, it should be him. But who's ever at quarterback, they've got to be efficient. The whole team, energy, efficiency, and execution. Because emotion is, is something that's, that's going to happen. But at the end of the day, it's, it's about who can carry out the game plan, who could come overcome adversity in this ball game. And then for, for Southern, quite simply, the quarterback play has to be on point today. Because if not, there are going to be a lot of angry Jaguar fans. So it's all on the table. So whoever starts, we shall see. But I think for Southern University, Charles, defensively, they're going to have to go after a young quarterback for Grandma State University. And this front seven has played extremely well and have been consistent throughout the season. Now, offense has been consistently inconsistent. Special teams, I give the edge to Southern University. They have uh, an advantage there. Coaching, Coach Hugh Jackson, you know, NFL head football coach, this is his first time with the Bayou Classic. Coach Dooley has played in it, coached in it, now is a head coach. So those intangibles, uh, Southern probably the fans will be, they will have the most fans in attendance there. It's always that way. But some of those intangible things, but efficiency, effort, and energy, that's what I want to see coming out of the gate for Southern University. Yeah, I mean, there, there are a lot of great storylines, you know, first about the quarterback position. And I know there's been a lot of talking from the Jaguar Nation about that position. What quarterback got you to this point? 
I think at this point, if you roll the dice and go with Bubba McDaniels, who's not had a lot of reps, and you lose that game, there's going to be a whole bunch of questions like, look, yeah, Bubba has the experience, but what quarterback got you here? And that's McRae. I, get, minute, I don't Charles, know. Wait a minute, Charles. Wait a minute, Charles. Wait a minute. Sorry to interrupt you. Are you saying if you were the coach, you start – Sean McCray, I thought you liked Bubba McDaniels. You 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 pushed him early on before the season started. Continue, sir. I did. I I, I pushed him at the start, but unfortunately, or fortunately, however way you want to look at it, Bubba McDaniels has not had the reps this season. Uh, Eric Dooley has gone with McCray. He has stuck with him. You know, I'm sure in garbage time with Florida Memorial and Lynchburg and LSU, he's gone. He's gone with two or three different quarterbacks. But the quarterback that has toted the mail for you. That's the one, in my opinion, that you stick with. Because if you go with, even though McDaniel has the swack hours, okay, he's been a part of this thing. At this point, I think you have to stick with the guy that got you here, and that is McCray. Uh, if he fails, then you're starting over at the quarterback position next year, if he fails, this year. Um, but if you go with Bubba McDaniel, even though he's been a part of this thing and he doesn't play well, then the questions are going to be, well, you went with McCray to this point, but then in the biggest game of the year, you don't go with him. So I, I think at this point, in my opinion, I don't know what Eric Dooley's going to do. I think you go with the guy that got you here, and that is Bashawn McCray. If he fails, then you're starting over next year at the quarterback position. If he succeeds, then, hey, he's the guy that got you here. He's the guy that got you the championship game. It's all good. But I think it's more of a risk if you go with Bubba McDaniel starting today, I think it's a very big risk. And if it blows up in your face, then it's going to be a whole lot more venom out there from the Jaguar nation. I understand. And I did support Bubba McDaniel because he had the experience, but that's not who Eric Dooley went with. McCray got the majority of the snaps in the meaningful games. So you go with him in the biggest game of the year. How about I'll find a middle ground. Bashawn McCray starts, but guess what? If I'm the coach and I'm not, a lot depends on this game. I have to throw out feelings and emotions. He starts, but if he struggles, and he has had his struggles, he struggled early, then he made some progress. And then against the two biggest games, Jackson State and FAMU, he struggled. Quite simply, everyone I think would agree with that, except for maybe Coach Dooley. It will be a short lease. It will be a short lease today because at stake, if he performs well, he's making his reads, he's getting everything done, he's helping this offense be electric, I'm fine with it. But if he struggles, quick hook. I'm sorry. As head coach, I've got to win this game. I really do. And I have to get to the championship game and then let the chips fall where they're made. If you're tuning in, a slight... Um, Maybe a disagreement between me and Charles, but that's, that's fine. <laughs> he he would go with Bashawn McCray. I would go with Bashawn McCray, but a quick hook. And then he was injured the last game. He's had a a, a week in between Valent and and, and, and Grandma State here. Let's see if he's 100%. Because we don't really know. Because Coach Dooley doesn't talk about injuries. He really doesn't. And so, a, a, a lot at stake. Southern six and four overall, four and three in conference play. Grambling three and seven overall, two and five in conference play. 
for Coach Hugh Jackson, his first uh, dibs here in the Bayou Classic. If Grammar State can pull this game off, it it sits them well going in the spring and then next year. But for Grammar State, it has been really a transition year. It has not been a, a, a good year. They've played a lot of young players. Um, but with a rich history in which Grandma State has, it's been a disappointing season. But if they can win the day, it will kind of take some of the uh, disappointment off of this season. Yeah, I don't know what Grambling team is going to show up today. I mean, is it going to be the Grambling team that played lights out against Northwestern? Even though Alcorn kind of gave them, gifted them 14 points early, Grambling was able to get some things done. Or are we going to see the Grambling team that just didn't show up against Texas Southern? I have no idea which Grambling team is going to show up today. You know, in the preseason, we heard and it was confirmed that they had six quarterbacks on the roster. They played two or three. Don't know who their quarterback's going to be going forward. And so, you know, you might talk about a Southern going with a couple of quarterbacks. I wouldn't be surprised if Grambling played two or three today just to kind of see what they have. Um, Grambling's going to have to get something done against the Southern defense. If they don't, it's going to be a long day because I don't know if Grambling's defense can, can, can really hang in there. So there's going to be a lot of question marks, you know, but I think if Grambling wins this game, a lot of the talk with the, with, with the uh, Riles higher and all the tumultuous spring that they had and, and the inconsistencies, a lot of that will be squashed today with a Grambling win. And with the upsets we've seen in this league so far this season, you know, even on the Turkey Day Classic, Alabama State losing, you don't know what to expect today. You know, you, you would think that Southern with the experience, with Dooley on the staff, the head coach and all the experience, you would think that Southern has an edge, but you just don't know. And you talked about it. Throw the records out the window. It's about a, a lot of other things other than that when it comes to this game. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it in, in a couple of hours to see how this game is going to go. But for Grambling, this is, you know, this is something to build on for 2023. If they win this game, then, hey, uh, the future could look bright. But if not, it will be a lot more question marks as far as Grambling's concerned. And when you look at it, uh, NFL coaching experience didn't translate into uh, a winning season for Grambling State University. And so, you know, it has to be a, a good fit. And in one year, a lot of times, you, you know, you can't expect instant success as far as a championship, but it is something to build on for Graham State University. I'm going to take a timeout and um, we'll see if we will have our first guest coming up, Bruce Eugene, former quarterback at Graham State. And boy, when I tell you, this guy, he didn't look like the typical quarterback, but guess what? He was tremendous, tremendous, an arm, just a just an outstanding quarterback for Grambling State University. So we'll take a quick time out. We'll see if we will have Coach Bruce Eugene. I call him a coach now, all the way from New York City. That's interesting. From a South Louisiana, New Orleans guy, all the way to New York City, Charles. Only in America, I guess, this could happen. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. Um, can I get the now bar, please? One dollar. Have a good one. Got it. Hey, what's going on? Hey. Let me get an now bar. Sure. One dollar. Appreciate you. Got it.
bite of 100% Angus beef ballpark frank, and you'll say... Hello, summer. Oh, yeah, it's ballpark season. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. For my people that don't get to see me, trying to remind you who you are just like in Romans 3. See, we about to blow across the world just like the day is breezy. This motivation for the people and this classic Bible teaching say, for my people that don't get to see me Trying to remind you who you are Just like in Romans 3 See, we about to blow across the world Just like a day that's breezy This motivation for the people When we talk about the teaching hey, 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 hey. Motivation The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvée. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's like a loot machine. Going around town, trying to get down. Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique to spice up your closet with trendy, unique looks. We have fashionable and chic looks at very affordable prices. Melvin Boutique offers free shipping all year long on all orders. Shop online at www.melvetboutique.com. That's www.melvetboutique.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique.
overcome six turnovers and they lost to Southern 48-24 and they had five turnovers in plus territory with an opportunity to score points and they were not able to get it done. Today hasn't been turnovers as much as it's been their inability to score in the red zone. I mean, 55 is last year, 55 attempts, three interceptions, and that was the way that Bruce Eugene had, had played all last year. His numbers were phenomenal, but he came into this ball game, threw the ball a lot, completed a lot of passes, but threw the three picks and never got his team going in a flow. Same thing is happening right here. Yeah, just Boy, I, I tell you, whenever I'm bored in the summer, I'll click that that 2003 Bayou Classic game on. Over a thousand yards of offense. It was back and forth. Doug Williams, Bruce Eugene, tremendous guy, and um, we're gonna bring him on uh, very shortly. Um, Bruce Eugene was quarterback of that Grambling State football team. And um, he's going he's going to join us now, a, a coach in New York City. Um, we're going to talk to him about uh, well, we, well, we lost him. Okay, uh, we'll we'll bring him back up, uh, Melanie. Whenever you get him back in, um, just bring him in. But Bruce Eugene, what Charles? That was a what a Bayou class. Yes, yes, and just you know. Bruce, Bruce Eugene was one of the more dynamic quarterbacks that we've ever seen in this league. A guy that had a cannon of an arm to put it down the field. I mean, you talk about his mobility. I mean, he wasn't the most mobile quarterback. We all know that. But that guy could stand in the pocket. And you got to get credit to the offensive line because you got to have a line to protect a guy like Bruce Eugene be able to push the ball down the field. So, yeah, I remember that Bayou Classic, one of the highest scoring ones in terms of yards. Just a great game there and just a great career for, for Bruce Eugene. A thousand yards of total offense. Let's let's see if we can um talk with them now. Bruce, good morning. Can you hear me, sir? Good morning, good morning. Yes, I can hear you. All right. Um, I appreciate you giving us a, a few minutes here on the Coles Brown show. I know you guys got a playoff game in, in the state of New York and New York City. But um, Bruce. The, the Bayou Classic. For those who have only been spectators, you've played in the, in the in that ball game. Talk talk about its significance and, and, and what does it what does it mean to both Grambling State and Southern University? Oh uh, man, it's it's big, man. Uh, our coach, you saw what he said, it's the granddaddy of them all. You know, like there's no game better, bigger than Southern and Grambling. You know, when you grow up as a kid watching it, you only hope to one day play in it. So, you know, for me, it was just. It was so surreal, you know what I'm saying? Even in my losses, it was just so surreal just to be playing in New Orleans, my hometown, in front of family and friends and everything else. So. Well, uh-oh, well, I think we lost him. We lost him again. We'll, we'll bring him back up. We're going to get through this interview, and we appreciate it. He, he, he's mobile. Um, he, he's getting ready to coach in a playoff game. And I'm going to ask him uh, uh, also about – uh, Noah Bolton transferred from Grambling State to Southern University. Um, he, he's got all the intangibles for this game. Before, before he came back, before he came on, he talked about Grambling State and Southern University. Now he's kind of got a pull for both. Yeah. Bruce, Bruce we got you back. And, and um, talk about that. I was just talking about now. It, this is a special. This year's edition is special because you coach Noah Bolton, 
He's on Southern's football team. You played, of course, for Grambling State. Um, I, I want to ask you a silly question about who you're going for. I think you're going for both. <laughs> well, you, you you know how it is. I bleed black and gold, but, you know, I would like to see if Noah gets in. I would like him to play good, you know, but I'm black and gold through and through. I, I, I understand. Um, That 2003 uh, Bayou Classic, Um, did you guys think it would be that explosive, over 1,000 yards of, of offense between both teams, or it, it's just that, hey, you go into that game – you're trying to win, win, win the football game. You just try. You go in. You're trying to win. You go in. You're trying to win. You know, and that's the, that's the thing about it. Is you you don't look. You don't think. Okay, we're gonna get this yard. This yard. You you want to win. You try to put forth your best effort and everything else. So that's the main thing. Well, now I gotta ask you this, Bruce, Coach, Coach Eugene. Uh, do you go What's back up? and watch some 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 of the, that 2003 Bayou uh, Classic or? It's in the past. You don't watch it. I, I go back and watch the classics sometimes. You know, I go on YouTube because all of them are on YouTube. So I go back and watch it sometimes. And, you know, I relive those moments with my players that's here currently on my team. But other than that, nah, you know, it's in the archives, though. Now you're coaching in New York City, and your team is in the playoffs, correct? You're about to start very shortly. Talk, talk a little bit about that. Well, we good. We are we're the number two seed right now in the playoffs. Um, you know, we got some good stuff. I have I have a ton of D one talent. I got about twelve like twelve kids with Division one offers. You know, uh, I've been telling all my black college schools to come up here and get them. They want to go black college, being that you know I played at a black college and Noah went black college and everything else. So the kids are looking forward to doing black college, but you know they don't come up here, so they end up missing out on some good talent. Charles, and you could jump in on this one. When we think of New York City, you think about basketball. So when Coach Eugene talks, make that statement, football, did did you realize New York City was a hotbed for football talent? I, I did not. I did not, to be perfectly honest with you. You know, I mean, New York is one of the most popular cities in the world. So you would think there's a lot of talent there. But uh, I don't know why our, our HBCUs don't go to New York uh, to recruit. Maybe it's cost. You know, going to New York is not cheap. But but if you have kids who want to come, who want to be down there and part of the HBCU experience, then, hey, why not? And and, and Noah Bowden definitely is one of those guys. Coach Eugene, it's good to see you, man. Just, just I, I was telling Carlos, when, when you played at Grambling, man, just – you slinging the ball all over the all over the place. Your offensive line had to be on point because you can push that thing down the field for sure. So um, those were my guys. Uh, Randall Bit. We had we had Big Bennett, Jonathan Banks, uh, Sean Lance Wright, Charles Wilson, <laughs> Big Dorsey. You know what I'm saying? Like I had some guys <laughs> up front who was blocking for me and everything else. And one more thing, I got to send a shout out to my guys at Grambling. The Big Six Eight tackle was my kid also, Chris Chernak. And the, okay. de- and the defensive back, and the defensive back number thirty-three, Ken Pierre Charles. Those are all my guys. So wow. like I said, I'm, I'm I bleed black and gold, but you know, secretly I want all my guys to do well. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand that. You're right. Go ahead. Yeah, Charles. I want to ask you about 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 Noah Bowden, coach. Just you know, getting him to Grambling and then him having to leave there, obviously. You know, when Coach Five was there, just 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 talk about your conversations there. What you could tell us about that. You know, him transferring to Southern University. I know it was tough for him to leave. Grambling was 
one of the highest recruited players out of the city of New York. I mean, I was really following him. You know, talk about those conversations and just during the, the, the college process, being at Grambling and then having to transfer to Southern. Well, with him, it was tough because he, he really wanted to be at Grambling. You know, he got down there. He loved the whole family atmosphere. You know, that whole, you know, everywhere he go, they knew his name and stuff like that. So for him, he, he felt home at Grambling. You know, and unfortunately, when he came in, him and, you know, uh, you know, I guess he, he and Hugh didn't hit it off. So, you know, he decided to go in another direction. And I was trying to get I was trying to get Noah to come home back on the East Coast. He was like, no, nah, coach, I want to go to Southern. I want to play them in the Bayou Classic. So, you know, what I'm saying he, he, he gets his wish. You know, I don't know if he'll play today, but if he does, I know he'll be ready. You know, and if, if he doesn't, his time will come. Well, a, a little bit on that, and, and I agree. The future looks bright because he came in late, but now with a spring under his belt and, and getting really involved into the offense, I'm, I'm just say this, watch out, because he, he fits the part. He looks the part. Uh, with that being said, did did he consult with you uh, about Southern University? Southern? I know you said he wanted to go there. Yeah. What, what, what was that conversation like? He, he, he did, and, you know, like I said, ultimately, you know, I, I'm his mentor and everything else, and I can want something else, but he wanted it, you know, and that's what he wanted to do. So all I can do is support him to the fullest. You know, uh, you know, we, we, talk, we talk almost every other day, every few days, you know, and I try not to bother him so much to let him enjoy the college experience, but he always, he always knows that I'm a phone call away. You know, the good thing about him being in Baton Rouge is he has people like people that were my mentors, like, uh, Melvin Spears and all of them that's, that's in Baton Rouge, the Baton Rouge Clinton area that he can easily get to and go to. Right. A visit with Bruce Eugene, Coach Bruce Eugene. Um, Coach, for those who are tuning in, the name of uh, the football program you're at and, and the school's name? I'm at Canarsie High School. New I'm York at Canarsie City. High School in New York City. Uh, we're getting ready to take on Midwood High School in the quarterfinal round. So we're about to beat up on them and then get ready to advance <laughs> to the semis. Wow. Brian, what a story from, from, from New Orleans to New York City. Uh, coach, was it a cultural um, situation where you're shocked or are there more things in common with New Orleans and New York City than most people know about? Oh, no. It's it definitely more things to come. I'm, I'm working on trying to get um, a Big Easy versus Big Apple type high school game for next season to go down and everything else. So this uh, goes over. Yes. This is my Uncle Greg and my auntie, hey, man. Hey, how you doing? Pleasure to meet yeah. you. Hello, man. So, but yeah, we definitely work on some stuff. I want to kind of bridge the gap so they can uh, enjoy. He about to do the prayer for us, though. You want me to All right. Uncle Greg about to do the prayer for us. Okay. Coach, last, last right. quick question. And appreciate the time. Um, is there a head coach in position that you would want to be on a collegiate level in the future? Or is it going to just anybody still gets, be high school? Any, you know, I would like to be on a collegiate level. Anybody that gives me an opportunity to come on as a quarterback, coach, offense coordinator, I gladly accept and appreciate it. And uh, it. February, February 7th through 11, I'll be coaching the Cajun Bowl in Houston, the college all-star game. So I'll be coaching that game. Oh, okay. That's, that's good yeah. information there. Appreciate it. Well, well, Coach, go ahead. We wish you the best of luck in coaching today's football game for your team, and uh, we appreciate the time and uh, 
We will talk again real soon. Definitely, definitely. Appreciate you guys. All right. That was Coach right. Bruce Eugene. And uh, we appreciate the time. You know, uh, Charles, you know, getting ready for a big high school football game. I mean, we could have gone into some more conversation, but, uh, hey, we, we respect this time. Yeah, I, I know what that's like. I just did a high school game last night, Vicksburg, and uh, they were they made it to the state semifinals in 5A. So I know how that is, trying to prepare for a big game, one of the biggest games of your high school life as a coach or as a player. So I get it. But look, I mean, Bruce Eugene is a gem. I mean, he is a he is a gem. And I, I, I hope he can get that that big, easy, big apple game going, because I do think mm -hmm. that there's a lot of talent up at, up on the East Coast, especially in, in New York. You talk about Noah Bowden as well as others. And he's advocating for those players up there to 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 look at HBCUs and, of course, SWAC schools. So I'm I'm glad he's doing that. And I hope that is, is a success. Bowden just maybe the beginning. I'm sure in his eyes, there's probably more to come in, in pushing them in the HBCU direction. You're absolutely right. We're, we're going to take another timeout. And during this next timeout, we'll transition um, and, and get some of the members of the 2003 uh, Southern University uh, football team on. And Charles, we will come back at the top of the hour for you because there's some more information we want to get out. Uh, Grambling State and, and Southern University, the 49th Bayou Classic. Win or go home? That's simply for Southern University. At stake, a trip to the SWAC football championship that's going to be in Jackson, Mississippi. That will be electric. If Southern is not successful today, then, of course, the season will come to an end with that being said we'll take a quick time out you're watching the carlos brown show on the black college sports network this is ryan Fulford. ad drew and i are co-hosts of the bcsn sports wrap we talk about all things related to hbcu athletics from the games teams coaches and fan interest stories we cover it all you can find our shows on facebook at bcsn sports wrap YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Time to call a credit repair company to fix my credit. Hold the phone, man. You can do it yourself with Credit Versio. That's way too hard. Call the credit repair company. Most credit repair companies only work on one or two accounts at a time, making it slow and expensive. You won't figure that out for months. <laughs> Ignore him. Credit Versio's brilliant software scans all three credit bureaus, finds the accounts that are hurting your score, and guides you through the entire process. Anyone can do it. Let's fast forward and see the results. <laughs> wow, I fixed my own credit and saved hundreds. You can do this. Visit creditversio.com. I'm returning to Clinton, Paris, and Tampa's my community. I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the law office of Clinton, Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt. Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language. And she really loves her grandson. Like really loves. 
It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. It's like a loop machine. of watching flicks before we can safely get out there we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines visit getvaccineanswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your crew nope nope you want him ooh I like him Quicker Picker Upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the Quicker Picker Upper. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is always Ultra Thin's reinvented with the always triple protection system. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. I tell you what, that that just fires you up. I, I never got a chance to participate in the Bayou Classic. My athletic ability was not as great as 
uh, these gentlemen now that are joining me, Chris Davis, Quincy Reshaw, Ezra Landry. Uh, good morning. Good morning, guys. Welcome to the Carlos Brown Show. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. Um, the Bayou Classic, you guys have played in it. Kind of walk us through this point in the day before the game is starting. Uh, how how are you guys feeling behind the scenes? How how are you feeling about this huge matchup with your arch rival, Grambling State University? Either one could answer. It doesn't matter. Chris, Q, QB, gotta, Q, QB, you go first, QB. Oh, no. It's, it's, one of the, it's one of them things to where you think about it, but you don't because you're so locked in on what we got to do. And the, the, this is when you got to turn your phone off, no more ticket call uh, calls for tickets, trying to get in. And you just <laughs> sit in and do and, and, and get ready for what you practice for them the whole year to do. And you always want to do your best because it was – uh, I think it might have been one of the biggest times we were on TV, and so everybody's watching, and you want to be able to go back home and just brag to everybody, and plus, ain't nothing like beating your rival. So you really just locked in on what you got to do and making sure everybody's getting the list that we got, check it twice, got all your checks and assignments, and just getting ready to put it all on the show for everybody that paid to watch to watch this play. So, Quincy, you're saying you get besieged with, Ticket request, even I get that, believe it or not. Um, and, and and Chris, it, it, it's such a huge game. And I'm, I'm going to go back and reference to 2003, Bayou Classic. You're going to hear that several times. A thousand yards of offense between both teams. But 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 Chris, uh, that, that ball game, how special was it, that, that 2003 Bayou Classic? Man, it, it was extremely uh, – uh, good for us man because you know we had some adversity uh before uh the season started so uh to to come into uh to that game and uh you know it really it, it really you know was very emotional and uh I, I think we we had a little chip on our shoulder uh you know coming into that to that game so i think we had the, a lot to prove and i i, I think we uh we actually did that and we're gonna, yeah, yeah, and we're gonna get into um, getting your opinions and perspective on Coach Dooley, who were and for most of you position coach. But Ezra, you look at that ball game, and and I'm sure you knew players on the opposite team, Grambling State, and how how competitive was that, even up to that point, and then after that after uh, the Bayou Classic. I'm gonna start by this. Uh, I just saw my brother Bruce right before we came on, logged on, and uh, I love him to death. And it was, like you said, it was great having those lo- those rivals, those guys I played with in park ball, childhood. And uh, that game was undescribable. I think my first one was in 2001, and uh, I can still remember coming out that, that tunnel. I was extremely emotional because I grew up going to the battle of fans the Bayou Classic as a kid. I, I, I was fortunate enough to win two breakups over in Canada. Still did match up. I come out Yeah, I, I could understand that, the emotional part. And and now to the present day, uh, Chris Davis, Quincy, 
and, and you, Ezra. Coach Dooley, he, he's now the head football coach coming back. And I, I think one of the things I noticed with, with Coach Dooley and that staff, they reached back to former players. How important is that to, to, to get the former players back involved with the, with the football program? Quincy, uh, you can go first. Oh, man. It's, it's everything. Because it brings back, it's not somebody just on the staff that's trying to get a check. It's somebody that's shed their blood, sweat, and tears on that field. So it's an extra incentive for you to want your school to be successful. And it also keeps a, uh, a lot of the players that played in the past, it brings them home. So it's a different visceral feeling that they also get. And then they know the layout. They know the land. They know what to expect. And it's nothing like when you got young men coming leaving home for the first time coming to the university away from their parents that they get to walk on i mean walk and co work for a coach who can tell them from their own first-hand perspective what to expect and what to look forward to and help shape and guide these young men uh young men into real men throughout their life and they know what it takes they know what it, the, the, the the big d and um they all know what to expect what the jaguar fans expect and what they expect of themselves. And they work real, real, real hard to make sure that these kids are prepared and to put on a good show for everybody that's coming to see them. And boy, Chris, I could just imagine. I, I, I was told about some of those uh, talks right before you enter the field for the Bayou Classic. Um, <laughs> Coach, Coach Richardson, you know, I remember seeing him for the first time. He looked more like a college professor than a football coach. But a quiet guy. But talk about some of those uh, those talks right before you entered the field, because you guys would always come out with your hands held together as you as as you walked out on the field. You know, just uh, you know that that team. You know, we 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 more like brothers than uh, than teammates. So it's like you know we all you know have each other back. You know, and it's it's just a. It is an emotional time, you know, right before the game. You know, you're getting ready, you're getting prepared. And, uh, you know, you're just thinking about what you're going to do in this game, you know. And, uh, you know, and just to have, you know, guys who who are who are really good, who really are good hard workers, uh, having those guys rolling with you, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to feel like you're going to lose, you know. So I think uh, I think we're, we're, we're more like brothers than, than, than teammates. And uh, I think, you know, holding, you know, us coming, holding hands, holding arms, you know, having my brother on the side of me, I think that uh, that strengthens the group, you know. I'm going to mention three people, and, and, and you guys, we'll start with Ezra uh, first. One word or two words that describe him. Ezra, Coach, Coach Pete Richardson. Um, Coach P. Richardson, the best word to describe him, discipline, discipline, very discipline. And I think of Coach Richardson was disciplined. And uh, as a head coach, the ones I've seen had great success. It started with that, you know, uh, you know coming from Louisiana, having, having that, that amount of talent that Coach Richardson had on his hands too. You know, you say Coach Dooley, they had great eyes for talent and putting the right group of men together, young men together. And Coach Duda was a great role model and example for me just outside of football. He was from my neighborhood, from New Orleans, Carrollton area. Had a had really wow. the impact on me coming to Southern. I remember going meeting him in person, 
my family in the moment with his family. And um, I knew I was going to get a, a fair, I felt good about getting a fair opportunity at my size to play. And uh, I think I went down to that Jackson game in 99 in Jackson. And the rest oh. of the history for me, uh, it, it sealed the deal as I was walking onto the ramp. That would have sold me if I was uh, as athletic as you. That Jackson State. That's another story. That's another rivalry. Um, quickly, uh, Coach Graves. And then, and then you mentioned Coach Julie, but Coach Graves, who of course is on the staff, and Demarcus Miller, boo boo, as he's affectionately known as. Oh, I got Coach Graves. I, I got <laughs> Coach Graves. I, and the reason I say that is because from day one till to now. I don't even know if I've ever called him Coach Graves. I call him by one word, one word, and one word only: smooth. Every time, ever since the recruitment, because he's just a smooth, charismatic guy who came and I gotta say, the main reason I came to Southern because of wow. him. Uh, because of him, come and huh? Coach Graves, he had that feel. Uh, my, my remember with Coach Braves is always was, you know, kind of a, a great positive mind frame, no matter where you were at in the game. You know, he always positive and had a feeling like, you know, we can put it out, we can get it done. Uh, Coach Braves was, was awesome. Yeah, I have, I have a story about Coach Graves as well, because Coach Graves recruited me uh, out of high school. And, uh, I kind of flipped on Coach Graves at first, man. I, I, I ended up, uh, I ended up choosing LSU, and uh, you know, Coach Graves was kind of mad about that, you know. And 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 after, you know, I, I ended up showing up on Southern campus after uh, after it, 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 you know, we we parted ways. And uh, man, he called me his prodigal son, man. That goes to Graves, the prodigal son. A biblical reference. Well, we, we, we died laughing, so we talk about that right now, man. Those grades, my guy, man. Wow. That's interesting. Visit with Ezra Landry, Chris Davis, Quincy Reshaw. Charles, um, I, I want you involved in this. Charles Edmund of the Alcorn State Radio Network. I'm sure you have a, a, a question, a comment, but I'm sure a question for one of uh, the esteemed guests on this show. I, I am just honored to be a part of this, man. It's just, uh, as a Gremlinite, I'm kind of on the outside looking in, so I appreciate the opportunity to be a part of this 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 deal. Just, just, just talk about the rivalry, man. I mean, as a student, I really didn't get the chance to feel the rivalry because uh, I was broadcasting the game, and being from St. Louis, I never really understood the rivalry as a student. But you, but you guys have been in it, been there, done that, bought the T-shirt. There are heated rivalries. There are friendly rivalries. Rivalries take on different meanings for different situations. What is this Southern Grambling rivalry to you guys? Is it a heated rivalry? Is it a friendly rivalry? What type of rivalry is this? I mean, the Bayou Classic, the pageantry, the Battle of the Bands and all that. But then when it comes to the football game itself, and I guess I can probably answer it because I know when Grambling loses in years past, there's been pushing and shoving on Grambling's sideline between, you know, Former players and coaches, that's just how heated it has been when you lose the Bayou. But what does that rivalry mean to use it? A friendly rivalry, heated rivalry? How would you how would you describe the rivalry between Southern and Grambling? Every, every year is different. 
Every year diff is mm. different, it's, but it's always a rivalry. No matter what it is, it's always a rivalry. But it really depends on what your record is. Kind of like this year, <laughs> I mean, uh, we we take them down and we have a chance to be in the swag championship. You know, uh, I always we, we just talk like Chris here. We always still talking. Uh, and in 2002, me, Lenny Williams, Kenny Peoples, and uh, Gary Jenkins went up to Birmingham for the swag uh, for the the swag uh, all swag award. And uh, it, it felt good being there because we had just won the classic, but we didn't make the championship. They were in the championship, but it it, yeah. it, it, was, it, it felt good just knowing that you know. And then they ended up winning it that year. So that you know, so and we came back the following year in '03, and that was just a superb class. I, I just think that was one to remember that 2003 classic. It was a, it was a gunslinging show. Yeah. Oh man, it's a it's a friendly rivalry before the game. It's a heated rivalry during the game but then after the game we all go back to being friends because a lot of the players are from louisiana like um Carlos, i told you the other day pop and bruce eugene i was about to say Paso. bruce eugene hands down one of the best to ever do it and people would think that um out on the outside that that we are like uh anti-rivals uh, or something like that, but not, that's my guy. Mm -hmm. That dude was one of the best to do it. Now, once we got between the lines, I didn't care what his name was, but outside the lines, we, I mean, we all would uh, talk to each other because we played high school ball against each other. Sometimes, on 03, I actually had one, two, three of the D linemen for Gramlin played on the same high school football team with me. And so yeah. they was trying to knock my block off and they may let me know every time and so it's just a different type of mixture of emotions but it's fun but uh i feel sorry for whoever loses because you got to hear it for a whole year <laughs> oh you, you're absolutely right and, and and guess what one of those guys i remember uh, help me out hatcher for Gramlin state in he, the 2003 what he, he, he grabbed the thing well, I know he grabbed you one time, and uh, Quincy, you you bounced back up. I was like, very good. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, that's more of a. And you guys, correct me if I'm wrong. It, it, it's it's a it's more like a family it, 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 with Grandma State and the rivalry. Now it's totally different with with that other Tigers from the uh, next state yeah. over, Jackson State. Correct. I correct. mean, correct. I, I'm sure we could fill the whole show up about memories of, of those yeah. those games because uh yeah. those guys are fan base is cocky confident and cocky like southern fans they're just alike bruce, would you agree bruce yeah i would agree but bruce bruce eugene would definitely be the one here let you know too bruce would call guys <laughs> he called us yes he was call game us. day we're game day he'll be calling your phone that morning yes. know what wow. was going but uh <laughs> He, he was he was one of a kind. He was special, and uh, it was I, I can still recall people passing the phone. We on a bus, and he's calling, saying all type of stuff. And and I got a wow. chance to train. I trained Hatch a couple of years ago. He trained with my trainer Tom Shaw, so I was one of his uh, combine guys to get him ready when he went to the Cowboys. I was very proud of uh, of his career, and I, and I also played with Tyron Anderson. Tyron and I played in Montreal together. He we, we were receivers together in Montreal for a couple of years. That, now, that's not Scotty Anderson, huh? That's who no, I mean. That's who I mean. Dyron. Dyron. Oh, Dyron okay. finished. He finished in 03. Uh, 
at, at, uh, at Graham. But they look alike. You, you, you they look like, <laughs> like, like, like. <laughs> yeah, hey not, man, let me tell you, I almost I, went I, to Grambling because of uh, Scotty Anderson, man. Got him. Until he dropped that man. Until he dropped that And you know, it, it's it, it's so many memories and. Um, um, just thinking about now, um, I was kind of on the, the sideline. I don't think it was maybe 2003, but uh, God rest his soul, Adrice Brown. Um, yeah, they Grandma State was trying to go for the two points, and he, he intercepted that ball. And, and, you know, I'm a part of the media at that time, and we were down on the sideline, you know, with two or three minutes left in the game, they bring you down. And when he took off running, I took off running, and uh, you know I wasn't gonna make it that far even back then, much younger. <laughs> and, uh, and and Reginald Brown, who used to uh, guide you guys on, on your trips on the road, man, the, the crowd just just erupted. Um, just 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 so many memories. And now as we transition in, in, into now, Coach Dooley, what do you think about the uh, the, the season? 2022 for Coach Dooley, his his first year as head coach back. Is it still um, a work in pro progress? You think, Chris? Um, I think so. Uh, you know, Coach is coming into his own, and uh, I'm quite sure he's going to be able to get some of these uh, recruits. Because, uh, like like Izzo said, you know, Dooley has an eye for uh, talent. Uh, and uh, the way he put us together, you know, and, uh, you know, it's just, you know, he, he's got that eye. So I'm quite sure that uh, that once Coach get his uh, recruitment under his belt, I'm, I'm quite sure it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a little change there. Ezra, do, do you think that fans' expectations sometimes in light of the, the quick success Coach Sanders had at Jackson State, um, do you think fans sometimes uh, – unrealistic about thinking that championship should come right off the bat well i guess i guess we have to start with, i guess we in those times right now we're in a fast warning right now microwave time you know yeah. i just think that's the, where we at right now i think and i guess with the portal and all the way that the things that are going is made to win right right now if you know what you're doing you know if if, if, if you if you can if you're in places like louisiana and tell you where you're around a lot of good talent yeah i, I think so i think yeah uh i just think that's the times that we in but like you were saying a question that you asked i think coach is doing a, a great job and definitely still in that in that uh that you know building phase you always process. always did that, that process right now but uh, coach is special, you know. Uh, like when, a lot of moments, I think about when I think of Coach Dooley. I will tell you, it's always outside of football. He would invite us to his home, you know. Coach Dooley. I'm a father now. Have a have a uh, have a daughter. Coach Dooley had uh, daughters, and you know, we watched him raise his daughters and seeing how he treated his wife, and it was things like that. that I know I needed as a young man to uh, you know to, to be to be where I am now. You know what I'm saying? So Coach Dooley was was way more than football to us, but it's definitely we're definitely excited to have him back in. And, uh, and do what he's doing. He's won everywhere he and, went, so I don't, I don't see it changing here. And, and, and Quincy, uh, uh, unfortunately, but fortunately, you play a position that gets a lot of the credit, a lot of the blame, although it's a team concept. And I had you on earlier, uh, and I'm, I'm going to ask everybody on, on, on the panel here, uh, 
their thoughts on the on the quarterback play. Um, does it take a special guy to, you know, mentally to play quarterback? Because it can get brutal at times. I'm glad, Quincy, you didn't listen to all of that when you were coming. But talk about the, the quarterback play um, on Southern's football team this year. And, guys, who should get the start? Deshaun McCray or Bubba McDaniels? If Deshaun McCray is 100% healthy. I know, Quincy, I threw a lot on you right quick. Uh, <laughs> quarterback play. I kind of expected it. I kind of expected mm-hmm. it because they're all super talented young men. But as I said the last time I was on, um, they only been together for what? If you add all the months up right now, it still doesn't equal six months probably. So everybody's still learning everybody, and and they can learn learn the system. But you can see that they're just super super talented. It's just got to put the, the the system to match with their talent, and then the world is theirs. Um, I had it a little different when we played. It wasn't social media and all this other stuff. So I was probably sheltered from a lot of the criticism because if you wouldn't near me, then I didn't hear it. But now with these kids, they all Instagram, Twitter, whatever you name it, they're getting a lot of more feedback right now. But I think they're going to be great. Um, I can, I probably look more to more so towards the spring game and the quarterback competition to see mm-hmm. what's going to happen then because now they're getting – more uh, acclimated with the system and then you'll really get to see all those kids true talents and 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 some more relationships with them and i think they'll be fine as for tonight first and foremost i just hope mccray is healthy Mm -hmm. i I don't care if he can play or not because at the end of the day one thing coach julie used to always tell us is, is, uh, is bigger than football and life so just for his health period that's what i want him to be and if he can get out there and he's 100% healthy. I know he'll do fine. But at the same time, going back to Coach Doolin, his training and discipline too, if he's not healthy, I think he'll have uh, McDaniel ready to put on a show also. It's just part of the game. But more than anything, I just want those kids healthy and to the fans understand that they are kids. And and, and, and they, they do have feelings now. They're, they're growing up grown men. But I guarantee that when they go out there, they're trying to put forth their best, best effort for the for uh for the team maybe sometimes it works out sometimes it doesn't but that's just the game and how it goes period well chris of course a wide receiver but you have a connection uh with 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 a, with a quarterback and you have that chemistry your, your thoughts on this uh 2022 uh football season up to this point right, for buddy. southern university um like you say um piggybacking off of uh quincy of uh you know just having a healthy team, uh, it, it, it matters. Um, I think uh, I think this team uh, has – they are a work in progress. Uh, I'm quite sure that, uh, you know, once Coach gets – like I say, once Coach gets his hands in this team, uh, I still think they're, they're, they are working through some kinks. Uh, it's tough to see, you know, them, you know – go against some of these teams. I, I think they would do a, a, a better job against a, a, a J State or something like that if Coach uh, had maybe another year uh, to work with these guys and get his recruits in here. So I, I'm quite sure that uh, that Coach is, uh, is going to uh, strengthen this team. 
uh, I just see a lot from, uh, I know they have a couple receivers from uh, our area, uh, the Kentwood area. Uh, I know um, that those guys, I think next year they're going to do really well. So uh, once 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 that spring, I, I think that, that tough spring after the tough spring, uh, I think uh, Coach is going to have a, a, a good idea of uh, what we're going to have next year. Uh, but as far as this game uh, is concerned, I, I, I think we need to just kind of stick to our guns. Hopefully, like Quincy said, McCray is uh, is healthy. Uh, I think we need to stick to our guns and just, uh, you know, kind of feel feel out what, what's going to happen. If, if we have to make a change, I think we uh, uh, I think coach will have a good idea of uh, how to uh, manage that. But um I think we needed to, to, to stick to our guns and uh let's see let's see what's gonna happen. And we'll wrap it up with you, uh Mr. Landry. Your your thoughts on the, on this twenty twenty two uh football season. What's up? I hear I spent a lot of time on Orlando. He played for the school. Uh, I got game the game should probably be after you. Uh, so, but yeah, I, I feel like this is a, a good game. It's really good excuses, you know, and all. And I'm looking for the difference. I have one question you, you asked earlier, and I didn't say anything. Yeah. What, 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 what was that? Repeat it again. I said, I'm going to answer one question you, you asked earlier. Who was the fastest? I thought JV would have logged on by now. He, I see James <laughs> Vernon had logged on. But you asked who was Jay. the fastest out of, out of me, James or uh, Chris Davis. And me. I'm going I'm to I'm I'm leave by saying uh, I, I'm the 2003-55 Indo Swag Champion. Well. <laughs> I, 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 I did my track. Well, you know what? If, if, I, I got two, if win, I I got two put, wins that year. That's right. <laughs> and, and if I was put on the spot, I would have uh, said you were the fastest. Uh, yeah, being, hey, uh, let me tell you something. If he nah, wasn't the fastest, he looked the fastest. Man, the punt returns, yes. kickoff returns. Chris Davis, um, what would I be wrong to say you were more of a possession receiver, or you were a, a, a complete pack? Hell no, hell no. <laughs> no, I'm gonna answer that for you. I know I got this for you. No, see, I got this for you. Carlos Brown CD was the man. Yeah, that's all. That's how I answer that question. Yeah, I, I, whatever you want to put after the man. We we had so many we had so many different weapons, man. But you, you really had to bring you had to bring the A game, man, with that group. Uh, you, you couldn't play with our group, man. I, 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 that, that receiver room was was real nice, man. Everybody from the top to the bottom, and even the year before, man. Even the year before, with with Michael Hayes and them and, and Devin Lewis and them, man. You know, Al Travy and Joe Bell. You know, uh, uh, man, them, them guys was was man, them guys was eating. So we had to come with our A game. You know, every time we had to wait our turn. I, I remember uh, Kentrell playing. Uh, man, this guy was a technician. Man. This guy was yeah. a technician, man. So 
you know, and then to come the, the, the year after that, to come the year after that, and, and, and uh, uh, Lionel Joseph, Alfred R., Izzy Landry, you know what I'm saying, Drayton Bridges, you, you know, uh, uh, I, I even got to put Congo in there because y'all, y'all might not even know Adam Mills. <laughs> <laughs> Now, we, 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 we had that type of talent. We had a guy who had I'm gone on the back of his calf muscles who was a, a legit <laughs> four two guy by the name of Every Green that y'all Every never Green. even got to see. You know, we had that type of talent on the team and on the campus uh, at that time. His brother, know? his brother too, is it? Charles, yeah, yeah, yeah. Charles, yeah. 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 A lot of speed, a lot of speed in good time. And, and you had to have somebody Robert, get the ball to you, and then also that old line up front. That helped yeah. We had, and like I said, even I'm, you know, I'm gonna have to speak from a special teams because that's what fill the game. And we had a 50 yard kick return average that year, and then we had a kicker, Ankler. He's uh he's now a scout for the Chicago Bears. Chicago uh, Bears. So, yeah. Yeah. So you know, we, we we were all the way around the board, firing on all cylinders. Yes. Well. Yes. On that note, guys, we could, it's so much we could talk about, but uh, I appreciate the time. We're going to have to do this again. Um, yes. To have you back on the show. And, uh, go ahead. Now, Chris, Chris, uh, Chris, Chris played all three teams besides the Giants. Chris played for the Dolphins, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Jacksonville. I remember the Giants. I remember the Giants. I went visiting in all three of those teams in Florida. So, so that says that says a lot about Mr. Dick. You know, yeah, he can get awesome, he can get into it anywhere. And look, another thing is uh, we we, we got to we got to get back on this show because we got to talk about this LSU uh, Southern thing, man. And 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 the what ifs, and the what ifs that that 2003 team, the what ifs, if we would have had a chance to make that make that game happen. I think would have been a, a, a pretty tough. Uh, it would have been tough. It would have been tough. Wow. Yeah. And, and you know, it that that was a, a very talented team. And I, and I think about, of course, um, Mr. Landry going on to play in the CFL, you in the NFL, um, Quincy Reshore, just a, a special year that 2003. I went to law school. <laughs> well, hey, but that but that's all right. That's all right because it, it is success after the that's collegiate right. playing days, and then Alfred Art football and baseball. Baseball, if I remember correctly. Stop. Yeah, yeah, got drafted. Yeah, but I tell well, I tell I talk to Quincy, I talk to Quincy daily, and I always tell him I tell him now. He definitely was Sunday's talent, next level talent, but it's which is really what you put your mind. He was always set. When we look back at videos now, he was always set and speaking law into existence. Law was always something more on the forefront, but he had every 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 ability to play at the next level, uh, for sure, for sure. And let me say, let me let me pick it back off Izzy because in my opinion. I know we had some good quarterbacks to come through, but 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 Quincy gotta be the best, man. He, he gotta be the best, and we just seen some quarterbacks come through the yard, man. And and to me, in my opinion, man, Quincy Quincy was one of one of one of the best to ever come through, man. To me, he the best. Yeah, for right. sure. He was yeah. extremely, yeah. extremely extremely smart. He knew what everybody needed to be doing. 
and yeah. uh, he led us. He led us that uh, uh, we we don't get that without Quincy Reshaw. Most definitely. Well, you know, uh, 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 a person asked me, could, could could Quincy help in consulting and, and and talk with um the quarterbacks on the team if he hasn't already um this upcoming season and and kind of pass on that 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 knowledge because. Uh, that 2003 season, I mean, afterwards, we were like, me and my best friend were talking, boy, Quincy's eligibility is up. I wish he had one more year. <laughs> but, I, but guys, I, I, met, I, met, I met a guy, Elvance L- 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 Robinson, who was a receiver at Alabama State. He's now the receiver coach for the D.C. XFL team. And uh, we met a few months ago. He recognized me. He told me that that 2003 uh, Quincy. Oh, Quincy. 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 I don't know if he can hear you. I hear you. I can hear you. I can hear you. I was telling him about the young man at Alabama State when he talked about the 2003. What, what did he say, Quincy? The best team ever. Black college history, baby. That's us. <laughs> <laughs> Besides, uh, I guess I'm, I'm biased. I, you know, hey, I, you got my vote. Um, <laughs> well, well no, like, and that, was, that, that was somebody from somewhere else said that. Not, yeah. He wasn't even a Southern night. Yeah, like you said, question, question, say numbers, numbers don't lie. You know, numbers don't lie, baby. Right. But well, nah, you the, guys. Last time I was here, I told, I, asked, mm-hmm. I told Carlos, I said, those are dudes that made me look a hell of a lot better than I really was. And I love them dudes. And so when he asked me today, I said I had to have my crew on. And I thank you, Carlos, for allowing us to come on and, and just talk with my boys. With my guys. Yeah. yeah. I. You know what? Yeah, that was a great idea. I appreciate it. And the only thing I'm going to say is we gotta, we're going to do it a couple more times. And we'll, we'll, we'll add on James Vernon, Alfred Art, and what have you. Guys, enjoy the class. Let's just say all of that era, all of them. Appreciate it, guys. Enjoy the Bayou Classic. We will uh, talk again real soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right that was cool. Quincy Re- yes, sir. That was Quincy Reshaw, Chris Davis, um, also Ezra Landry. Joining us in uh, a, a kind of a lot of history there. I, I enjoy talking with them, and you know, basically, you just sit back and and and, and watch them and look at them talk because, again, that 2003 team, Charles, was just outstanding. But now, I I must admit, uh, 2003 didn't um, Southern lost Alcorn that year, didn't they? <laughs> Throwing it aside, yeah. But uh, eleven and one, that, 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 <laughs> yeah, they help, oh boy. I tell you, but it doesn't take away from from what they uh, what they accomplished. Yeah, this is about the Bayou Classic, and just you know, I, I don't know a lot of the Bayou Classic stories. Like I said, when I was a kid, I barely knew I was around. You know, back during wow. those times, the Bayou Classic as a student. Uh, but as I got older, I, I, I remember my late father and my late mother they went to the bayou classic and uh my father was dressed up from head to toe sport jacket shirt tie everything i mean it was a big deal then and it's a big deal now you know maybe not as formal 
as it once was back, you know, back in the day, but it's still, it's, it's a heck of an event. It's a heck of a thing for three days. New Orleans is the place to be in, especially for me as a sports fan, when there's so much at stake, you know, there've been years in which the winner of that game goes to the SWAC championship game. You know, I mean, so for, for this, you know, if Southern wins, they go. If they lose, Prairie View goes. But there's been years in which the winner, that game determines the West. And to me, that's when the stakes are really at its best. Well, let me say this, okay? A.K. Drew, our colleague here on the Black College Sports Network, he says, give me my credit, Carlos Brown. I finally got a bold prediction right. I remember my bold prediction back at SWAC Football Media Day. Wow. I'm kind of a – no, I'll say it. My bold prediction was Southern scoring 50 points in this Bayou Classic today. Mm. That is bold, huh, Charles? That is bold. Very. I, 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 would, I, I would settle for a, a win, but that was my bold prediction. But give A.K. Drew credit. You gave him credit, Charles, and I'm going to give him credit. He did say the winner of the Western Division would have three losses. And that basically is the way it could be. For Southern University, um, it's all or nothing on this one. You win, you take care of your rival, first and foremost, and then you get a trip to Jackson, Mississippi, and, and that that crowd in the SWAC football championship is going to be electric. It's going to be electric. You're going to have probably, let's say if Southern wins it, you're probably looking at 60,000. Oh, yeah. SWAC football championship. Nope, nope. Yeah. And I, I nope. was there in October. Yeah. And it, it was a, a Southern represented themselves uh, well. So um, you were going to say something, Charles? Yeah, I mean, it, it would be probably, you know, the, they, they say, according to legend, the record crowd there is when Alcorn played Mississippi Valley in 1984. And I have a picture in my office of an aerial view of Memorial Stadium that a lot of, uh, that I actually got made. Some fans wanted a picture of that shot. It's out there, but it's not readily out there. But I think if Southern wins this game today and in two weeks, I think you're going to see a record crowd there at Memorial Stadium. It already is big when Southern goes to Jackson anyway, but you talk about that game for the chance to play, you know, in the Celebration Bowl, something, Carlos, you've been yearning for for since the Celebration Bowl came into existence. I think it would be a tremendous crowd with so much at stake. And look, you look at Jackson State, you know, they, they were pretty average last week against, against my Braves. And so I, I think that if Southern can win this game, you see a little bit of a chink in the armor there. The Braves were able to stretch the field against Jackson State last week. Shador was very pedestrian. The Braves sacked him four times. So I think if, if you look at that game, you know, if, if Southern can win this game, I think if that defense can come after Shador a little bit, um, I think it'll be a, a really good football. It won't be a blowout like what we saw back in October when game day was there and all. It'll be a totally different game. It won't be a one-sided game, I think. But, uh, but Southern got to take care of business today. You know, I, they have to take care of business today. There's no question about it. They lost the division. They got it back. They lost it again. 
but now they have a chance to get it back. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Yeah. Boy, that October game. I know some people thought I was nuts, particularly Jackson State um, alums saying, wow, 35-0. to zero, and, and Carlos Brown is talking about the defense played well. They did. They did. It was 0-0 in the second quarter. That game basically came down offensively. Southern was not able to do anything. And that offense was afforded some great uh, play, uh, field position. Didn't take advantage of it. But that was then. Uh, about this game, Grambling State and Southern will be meeting for the 74th time overall and the 49th time in its storied rivalry. Southern leads the all-time series 39-34. to But the series is all tied at 24 since the two teams began meeting in the annual Bayou Classic in 1974. So somebody's going to take a one-game advantage in the games played in New Orleans. Of course, the game will be broadcast on NBC and streamed on the Peacock Network. Southern is looking to capture the Bayou Classic for the fourth time, fourth time in five years. Grandma State, however, is seeking back-to-back Bayou uh, Classic victories for the first time since winning three straight from 2015 to 2017. Of course, Southern was chosen to win the SWAC preseason Western Division. Graham State was chosen to finish fourth. Uh, a little bit about Graham State. They're coming off a 41-7 loss to Texas Southern. Wow, go figure, Charles. Um, but then we'll, we'll talk about Texas Southern and last week's action coming up shortly after a quick timeout. Uh, Graham State is 1-1 in neutral site game this season. Picking up a victory over Northwestern State. That is probably uh, their their biggest victory to date in this 2022 football season. Um, what else we have here? Uh, Gremlin is also winless on you know on, on roll games, not in neutral site. And if, if they can pick up um, a victory today, you can put one under the win column. Uh, for that, the Jaguars. Okay, they returning. They returned to the win column with a twenty-seven to seven victory over Mississippi uh, Valley State. Uh, Grandma State uh, will have to wait actually to twenty twenty-three to pick up a road victory, as the Tigers have now gone ten straight games without a win on the road, dating back to two thousand nineteen, not including neutral uh, site. We're going to take a quick timeout when we come back. Uh, I'll be joined by Ossie Clark. We'll also look at uh, SWAC recap for last weekend. Charles, we'll give you credit again. Uh, I don't like giving you too much credit because then uh, (laughs) your your legendary status will swell even more. But uh, I see in the chats they talked about uh, Charles was right. I think Chuck said it, Chuck Hunt, that you picked Valley to, to defeat Prairie View. And I picked Prairie View to win. Actually, I did. But then I also picked Alabama A&M to defeat Texas Southern. So we'll talk about how today was set up. The improbable. Southern needed two teams to lose, and it didn't look good. And they were able to get some help. Now it's all on the Jaguars. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Can I get the now bar, please? One dollar. Have a good one. You got it. Hey, what's going on? Hey. Let me get a now bar. Sure. One dollar. Appreciate you. Angus Beef Ballpark Frank, and you'll say... Hello, summer. Oh, yeah, it's ballpark season. This is the dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app as we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the Sporting HBCU Dashboard, as well as the upcoming week of HBCU sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. For my people that don't get to see me Trying to remind you who you are just like in Romans 3 See me by the blow across the world just like the day is breezy This motivation for the people and this classic Bible teaching say Hey, this for my people that don't get to see me Trying to remind you who you are just like in Romans 3 See me by the blow across the world just like the day is breezy This motivation for the people when this classic Bible teaching hey, 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 hey. Motivation
Well, I see Charles is excited about the uh, uh, the bands because we do know who the best band in HBCU land. You know who I'm gonna say. There's no I doubt. I, 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 uh oh, Aussie, uh, who would be your choice? <laughs> Let, let's just say it this way: It's not gonna be the bad boys from Southern University or the Human Jukebox. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I have to slightly disagree with that, that one, but uh, I want I well, to sli- the that's, that's a slight band. southern bias on your end. Uh, <laughs> as it was and, for and, me with the world fame. And guess what? Honestly, uh, I don't deny that. <laughs> well, there's, there's, there's no need to deny the truth because the truth will make you free. <laughs> that's right. That is right. The human digital jukebox in the house i'll find out who won that battle of the band or need i or need i ask i'm sure someone will let me know but uh we're joined by aussie clark of the grammar state radio network who is positioned in his area the louisiana yes, sir. The season louisiana superdome glad to have you to the show once again aussie thank you so much so glad to be a part of the show carlos thank you for allowing us to come in and bring whatever brand of zaniness or uh culture <laughs> to the show that we bring and, and tell your, your your compadre uh santoria black uh hello and uh happy holidays to him santoria carlos wants me to tell you hello <laughs> he said hello and happy by you classic he's down he's just down a, a step or two from me right now I, I understand. I understand. He, he's been a guest on the show as well. Before we kind of get into today's football game, we'll throw out all of the uh, analogies and the, the cliches. Austin, Charles, it's a rivalry game. Throw the records out. We've seen teams come into this game with a losing record, but win the ball game. With that being said, Coach Hugh Jackson his first Bayou Classic as a head coach at Grandma State University. Can you get a feeling of how he's approaching this football game? Is it just another football game, as a lot of times that they say, or is it he's going to find out what this rivalry truly means to both institutions? I think he's actually understanding exactly what this rivalry means to both of these institutions, and he's taking it the way that it needs to be uh, taken. He's taking it very seriously. This week, as you very well may know, was not available for uh, the SWAC conference call, nor uh, was he available you know, at some points for us this week because his mindset has been focusing on how do we win this game today against Southern University because he realized this is what hangs all of the uh, marbles for the state of Louisiana when it comes to black college football. This is what the bragging rights are really all about, is what can you do in this game today? And so when you're in the granddaddy of them all, when you're in the biggest classic of them all, when you're in the best classic of them all, you have to find a way to win. And Coach Jackson, make no mistake about it, his mindset has been and is on winning today's football game. So it's not just another game. Well, I'm glad he has, uh, you know, taken that approach, which is the right approach, Ossie and Charles. And, you know, his first time being in it, he 
he understands the magnitude of this football game. Now, Coach Julie, on the other hand, played in it. When he was at Grambling State as a player, coached in it as assistant coach at Southern University, and now the head coach of Southern University coming back to the program. So the intangibles, he understands what this football game means to both institutions. So he comes from a, a, a kind of a slightly different perspective. Guys, do you agree with that or disagree? No, I absolutely agree with what you're saying because um, make no mistakes about it. Coach Dooley comes into this game with just a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, wanting to beat the Grambling State University Tigers for all of the right reasons and maybe some reasons that we don't even know anything about. But he's going to come in absolutely prepared, understanding the magnitude of this game. Because, again, everything hinges on this game, how people will not only look at you, but how your job uh, security is actually uh, hanging on the balance of this football game. So there's a lot riding. And if anybody knows this game well, Coach Dooley knows this game well as a player. He knows it as a coach. And now he has to know it as a head coach. And he's going to bring that into the uh, gumbo of what we're seeing today as the Bayou Classic. Charles, I like how I say phrase that, the gumbo, because the gumbo is a mixture of different ingredients to make a outstanding uh, dish. Now to the actual football game. And I say this Grambling State uh, football team, three and seven overall, two and five in, 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 in SWAC conference play. It's been a tough season for Grambling State. Uh, a new coach, new players in the program, has this football season to you gone the way you thought it would? Or did you think that maybe Grandma State would be maybe a little bit ahead of where they are right now? Actually, Carlos, I'll be honest with you. I, maybe barring one or two games uh, this season, I think Grambling is just about where most people kind of figured that they would be at this particular point. When you're talking about a new head coach, a new system, a new way of doing things, you have to really throw in there that, you know, the team as a whole has to learn all new concepts. And so uh, I think that people were thinking some were thinking that it would just be this miraculous turnaround just because of what they have seen at Jackson State with Coach Sanders and the players that he were able to bring in. Just hasn't been that way here at Grambling this year. It's a little bit more of a grind. And so where the Grambling Tigers are is just about where everybody kind of expected them to be. But the thing is, this year was the learning year. Next year will be the building year. And then the year after that, you'll start to see the Grambling Tigers come on. So right now, the Tigers are just about where everybody expected them to be. It's just um, a couple of games got away from them. I'm, honestly, Alabama A&M, a very winnable football game that went into overtime, almost beat Florida A&M at Grambling State University. That game came down to a pass interference at the end of the game, and then you actually – uh, turn around and you lose a heartbreaker to uh, Bethune-Cookman and, uh, Dayton and Daytona. So, I mean, and, uh, you know, there's some games that could have gone either way for the Grambling Tigers, but we're right where just about everybody expected us to be with room to improve. And speaking of that, uh, Charles, well, Charles, go, go ahead. You, if you have a uh, couple of questions for uh, Austin, you, you can go right ahead. 
Well, I, I have a thought. I mean, I, this I didn't expect a lot from Grambling this year. I really didn't. I mean, just from the hire, you know, to the Bryle situation, there was a lot of ter- a tumultuous situation there. Having six quarterbacks on the roster, which was confirmed to me, I didn't think that was true, but it was. He had six. He's still trying to figure that out. I did not expect this to be a great year for Grambling. So for me, this is kind of where I thought it would be. Uh, anyone that expected anything more probably wasn't looking at it realistically. Uh, yes, they've had some close games. And probably one of their shining moments was Northwestern State early in the year, and then they beat Alcorn the way that they beat Alcorn. Uh, I think that was a, a, a huge deal. But th- this is going to be a big a big challenge for Grambling today in terms of trying to slow down this Southern you know, offense. I think that's going to be the key. If, they, if Grambling's defense comes with it, I think it'll be a much closer game, but if if McRae and that Jaguar offense gets it going, because what I saw from Grambling, I didn't see a lot of offense, and I think that that continuity that that we've all talked about with a new coach, and it's obviously talked about a whole new way of doing business, a new quarterback. I don't know how many will play today for Grambling. I think that continuity can lead to inconsistency, and so I think that's kind of what you what you're seeing. As a Grambling Knight myself, I was disappointed in the Texas Southern effort. I mean, we, we knew Texas Southern was a good football team, but the way that they beat Grambling, that was – if you're a Grambling Knight, you're kind of disappointed. You know, body's a good quarterback, Texas Southern's on the rise, but did you see that beat down coming? I didn't. I thought it would be a much closer game. So I think there's a lot of work to be done no matter what happens with Grambling today. But I tell you what, if they win this Bayou Classic, I do think that some of the questions will go away, some of the doubts – but not not many. The Bayou will see, you know, if you win the Bayou, then obviously, you know, people are happy. But when you don't, people get angry. So we'll we'll see how that plays out today. Well, I see. And from my perspective, if if I'm Southern, I'm looking at this Grandma State team as undefeated, a very worthy opponent. You don't underestimate anybody. And, and I'm kind of looking at, and you tell me, the strengths of this Grandma State uh, football team from the offensive standpoint, uh, I'm looking at um, uh, Mr. Hawkins, Maurice Washington at running back. Um, this this team, I don't, I don't think you can take them lightly if you're Southern University. I don't think the Jaguars are going to take Grambling lightly at all, especially after what happened last year in this football game. Grambling didn't come in with a winning record last year, and Grambling found a way to win at the end of the football game with a Garrett Urban field goal. Uh, Make no mistake about it, the Tigers actually have offensive weapons on the football field, and it starts with the backfield. And when you look at the backfield, there's at least three or four guys who can run the football for the Grambling Tigers. It all depends on how well the offensive line will block up front. You're looking at an offensive line that actually has uh, three freshmen and two sophomores who are starting right now. So where they are is where they are. They've gotten better, and they've had some games like against Texas Southern where they just really didn't play very well. But when they do click and when they are uh, a better football team is based on how well Grambling State University can control the clock in the game. And that starts with Maurice Washington, who can pick up five, six, seven yards a chunk. And then, of course, he can go the distance as well. He has great speed. The only thing about Maurice is how many plays can you get him to play in a game consistently where he's out there on the field. Then when you turn around and you don't have him on the field, you have 
Frank Chalk the fourth, who's actually a great runner. Chance Williams, who's a, uh, an outstanding runner as well in the backfield for the Grambling Tigers. So you actually have running back by committee for Grambling State University. And when you turn it over, Calvez is not doing a very bad job. He just didn't have a very good game against Texas Southern, who did a very good job of disguising their coverages and causing confusion confusion for him to actually find the right reads in that football game. Uh, Hawkins can come in and actually give you some plays if necessary. Preferably, it won't have to go to the rotating quarterback system for the Grambling Tigers to be consistent. But if Southern University can stop the running game of Grambling State and put the pressure on Calvez to win the game with his arm, that's where the strength all lies to the Southern University Jaguars. Make Grambling one-dimensional in this football game, and then you got a great chance at winning. And, and, and guys, I'm thinking, and it's interesting that you say that, uh, because Southern's front seven has been very consistent in applying pressure. But it sounds like, honestly, what you're saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, Grambling State would like to shorten this game, run the football, oh, and yeah. keep the ball away from Southern's Offense, which is explosive, if you look at it, the, the Southern's balance, run to pass. But if we flip it, do you think Grandma State would like to put the pressure on Bashawn McCray if he's starting and playing to say, we'll live with him if he can beat us with his passing ability? And I, and I think the, the one thing that the Grambling Tigers can do in that situation is cause chaos. That's one of the notes that I will use today for the Grambling Tigers defensively is can the down four actually create chaos for McCray? Because if McCray has time, he's going to be just like any other quarterback in this conference. He will eat you alive. Can Grambling get McCray off of his spot, make him have to move, and actually throw the ball where they actually have guys that can rally to the football and make plays in this football game? I take nothing away from McCray because McCray also has almost 600 yards, uh, uh, I believe, rushing this year. So he's a very mm-hmm. tough guy running the football as well. So, you know, it's it's one of those situations where it's a pick your poison, but if I had to pick one, I'd rather for him to actually try to do it with his legs than to actually give up the explosive plays because Southern is the number two scoring offense in the conference right now, averaging right at 32.2 points per game, you know, and that's actually uh, not, uh, um, you know, easy to come by in this conference whatsoever. So they know how to put points on the board. Can the Gremlin Tigers cause chaos with the defensive front. If that front four can cause problems, then I give Grambling a chance in this football game because that allows the coverage behind that front four to actually play man-to-man coverage. And you have to be able to play man-to-man at least three seconds. If you can't play that long and you don't have a great rush or great chaos, then, of course, you're in for a long day. And that's the, the, uh, the other Tigers have done well with that defensively. Jackson State... That same way, and they um, it's going to be interesting to see if, if, if the Tigers from Louisiana can um, get that going today. Um, Ossie, I know you got to get prepared for the broadcast on the Grammar State Radio Network. In closing, yes, Grammar, State, Grammar State wins this ball game if they do the following. Well, you mentioned it. If the Grambling Tigers can 
minimize the amount of times that the Southern University Jaguars actually have the football on the offensive side of the field? Can the Grambling Tigers cause chaos on the defensive front? If they can do that, I believe Grambling has a very strong chance of winning this football game. Jared Sims is a guy that the Grambling Tigers definitely needs to know where he is on the field at all times. He's a strong, powerful runner who can make plays uh, for Southern University, and you can't allow him to have four and five yards a whack every time he runs the football, and then uh, you can't allow McCray to find his spot and then find the receivers down the football field. But Grambling wins it. If they can minimize the amount of opportunities, Southern actually has the football in this game. Awesome. Appreciate it. Have a great broadcast. Of course, we will talk hopefully again next week because we'll have the uh, the results of uh, the 49th annual. Thank you so much. Biden I appreciate Brad. coming on, Carlos. And Charles, always great to see another grambling man. Just uh, when you wear purple and gold, my man, you know, I, 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 I kind of dislike you just a little bit. But, you know, after it's all over, we're back friends again. There you go. <laughs> At the end of the day, HBCU family, take care. Love you as well. All right. All right. That was that was Aussie Clark of the Grambling State Radio Network. Uh, I got about eleven forty-eight. So Charles, let's quickly go into um, games. Well, well, Carlos, can I, can I let, let, let me? I was going back, uh, piggyback off a point that uh, Aussie talked about the quarterback position for Grambling. Uh, they mm-hmm. they will rotate, but. Calvez, to me, when I saw them play against the Braves, Calvez is a young quarterback, and they have to manage the game. They have to manage him. Um, I, and I think that's what Grambling has to do, slow the game down. And Calvez, I thought, did a fairly decent job in slowing the game down, not, you know, not turning the football over, just being a game manager. If he can do that, keep that Southern uh, offense off the field, I think Grambling does have a slither's chance in this game. So I – I, I think Calvez will start. I think he should start because of the quarterbacks that we saw. I thought Calvez was the better game manager. So we'll we'll see what uh, Coach Jackson has up his sleeve. But I, I I thought Calvez was probably the better quarterback, at least when they played Alcorn. We'll we'll see who gets to start today. And it'll be interesting to see if any new wrinkles in this type of game are are, are does are, are does uh, the team do what they've been doing all season that's been effective. But using the Bayou Classic, you see some, you know, some some new plays, some trick plays, a few maybe. And um, it's, it's it's for Grambling State, it's their Super Bowl. For Southern University, it's an opportunity to play again next week in the championship game. Yeah. So uh, a, a, a lot at stake. Um, bef- for Southern University to have this chance, they had to have two, some would say, Manna from heaven, miracles to happen. <laughs> <clears throat> Mississippi Valley State in Prairie View, and then Texas Southern would have would have to lose. SWAC scoreboard for November 19th. Mississippi Valley State over Prairie View, 27 to 7. And, and let, let me just throw out this. For Prairie View, that's the second year in a row. They lost at home. Coach Dooley was a coach at Prairie View. And they came into Prairie View and, and won. And then at home, senior day, they were able to defeat Prairie View. Not only did they defeat them, but by 20 points, 27 to 7. And for Prairie View, it was an opportunity 
you win, you're in the championship. And it was very disappointing. I think if you're a Prairie View alum, for Prairie View under their new coach, Coach McDowell, to go in. And ultimately, Charles is going to go on the head coach. You know, I'm going to say, look, it was my job. We had one job to do, and that was win. Win the week. We were not able to do it. We had a lot at stake. We know the importance of this football game. I didn't do a good job of having my team prepared. That's what I'm saying coming up at that press conference. Very disappointing. I predicted Prairie View to win. They did. 27-7. Then Alabama and m was down to Texas Southern by uh, uh, quite a few points, double digits. Uh, I was watching the game. I was like, well, this is over, and I turned it. Lo and behold, get a text message. Guess what? Alabama and m is about to defeat Texas Southern. What? Holy Toledo. Actually, I said holy cow. But they were able to come back. And, and, and defeat uh, Texas Southern 24 to 20. And talking to a couple of Texas Southern alums, uh, they're disappointed. However, we talked about it. Texas Southern improved a lot and they're trending upwards. Just, you know, a couple more things they need to add, a couple more pieces, but uh, a disappointing uh, loss because if they win, they're in. So lo and behold, Prairie View and Texas Southern did the two step, they lost. And now Southern has the opportunity to to go to a SWAG championship to face a very formidable opponent in Jackson State. But, Charles, you called it. You said Valor would win. But you also had uh, Texas Southern winning, and I picked Alabama and them. Well, I, I had Valley winning because that would have helped the Braves' cause if they just could have took care of handled their business with Jackson State. So I was – I, I was pulling for, you know, pulling for uh, Valley in, in, in that respect. And so that, that, that game kind of brings up a whole bunch of other questions. First of all, from, you know, Mississippi Valley standpoint, what's Coach Dancy's future going to look like there? Um, from Prairie View's perspective, you could talk about the loss to Valley, but then you could also talk about the loss to Alcorn on a Friday night. You know, that, that game kind of helped open the door a little bit for Southern to get to this position. Yes, if Prairie View had beat Valley, it wouldn't have mattered, but they didn't. You know, I don't know if they were still hung over from the Alcorn loss at home and overtime in which they had a lead in the fourth quarter and the Braves tied it late and won it in overtime. So, I mean, you know, that hangover effect, you don't know. But, uh, you know, when, when you look at the Western Division, I mean, it, we kind of knew it was going to be wild. You know, at first Prairie View had a shot, Prairie View and Southern had it a couple of different times. Then Texas Southern had the tie break and on Alcorn as well as Southern University. So they're one of four teams that had a shot at this thing. And it, it shows you it's the wild, wild west. But at the end of the day, Southern University has a chance. And so we don't, a lot of people feel like Prairie View doesn't deserve to represent the West because of how they botched it up at the end of the year for the second year in a row. But you know they won some games early to kind of give them a little bit of a cushion, and now we'll that's out of their hands. So we'll see. I mean, for Southern University, you can't ask for anything more than this. You know, in football, sometimes the football gods smile upon you, and despite the two tough losses that Southern had to Jackson State, FAMU back to back on the road. I mean, those are two tough games back to back. That was a that was a tough ask. You know, I think if Southern had won one of those games, they'd be in better shape. But it was tough back-to-back -to -back like that, playing Jackson and FAMU. 
but they got a little help. Now they got to help themselves. So sometimes these things do happen. The question is, can you cash in on it when it's right there in front of you today in the next hour and 10 minutes? If Southern can't do that, shame on them because the door is wide open for them to not only win the West, but have an opportunity to win the SWAC championship. And thus, win or go home. That's the end. It's as simple as that. We can have all of the different analogies we want. The bottom line is, what's at stake? You win, you live to play next week in the SWAC football championship. FAMU over Bethune-Cookman, 41 to 20. Um, A a, a lot of conversation. Uh, Will Bethune-Cookman decide to go in another direction? I know last week you talked about all of the adversity that they had to face with the Hurricanes. And um, for this year, then you look at uh, the year before that, they struggled. Uh, Second year, now in, in the in the conference as far as being in the Southwest Athletic Conference, um, it'll depend. You know, I, I've talked to a few that uh, basically said that Coach Sims, um, they supported him. You know, they thank him for his effort, but it's time to to move on. We shall see. But fam, you now two Florida Classics in a row. And, and and if you could point to Bethune-Cookman, basically at one point they had won, what, eight or nine in a row against FAMU. So we'll see what happens with that situation. But FAMU over Bethune-Cookman, their season is over with. Um, they lost North Carolina and Jackson State. Boy, did they lose. And and some believe that strength of schedule, of course, uh, the FCS playoff starts today. They did not make it. And I didn't think they, they, they would. Um, and, and literally based on just that tremendous loss to, to Jackson State. But, um, hey, besides those two games, they ended the season on, on a winning streak. And then, of course, last week, Jackson State over Alcorn State. To me, watching that game, Alcorn State defensively, they brought it. They brought it. I think offensively is where what we saw – Last Saturday is what I kind of saw from the outside looking in all season. Consistently inconsistent offensively. You had a great running game. And and, and, and some would say, okay, they were one-dimensional, you know, and, and that was a downfall. But with Coach McNair, there are some alums that are, you know, not happy. But I will go out and say this about Coach McNair. Looking at his tenure, his resume, it, to me, it should not be no conversation about is he going to return. He should return. He's owed that based on what he's done. But, hey, to the game, uh, great effort offensively, giving up that pick six. Um, the passing game, they had some opportunities there, but uh, the effort was there. It really was. So that was the recap from last week, November 19th in the Southwest Athletic Conference. we got about three or four minutes left in today's show, Charles. Um, McNair. Well, let me say this, Carlos. Can I can, can I touch mm-hmm. on a couple of points? You know, going back to that Bethune FAMU, you know, I, I hope Terry Sims gets another season. Uh, I know a lot of people feel like it's time to pull the plug on that, you know, considering What's what up? he dealt with. You know, he was uprooted. His team was uprooted not once but twice. 
Uh, the product wasn't that great, but the continuity and with just the, the uprising with that program, maybe he deserves one more crack at it. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what Reggie Theus, the AD, decides to do there. Um, as far as FAMU is concerned, the loss to Jackson State in the manner that they lost, you know, that hurt them. Um, but then some would say that Albany State playing down, that hurt them. And so I don't know if, if we're going to look at the FCS playoffs. I don't know if we have to take a look at our schedules in, in going forward and playing down. Um, I wonder, is that a, a ding? Is that a ding on us or the teams that do play down when they when you play a D2 or NAIA, you know, or Lynchburg or something like that, does that hurt if you're in that FCS playoff conversation? So I, I don't know if that's something we all need to look at. You know, our commissioners talked about playing down and those type of things. You know, in the SWAC basketball, the NCAA tournament, those games don't even count as far as the committee's concerned. So I don't know if that's something that, that we definitely need to look at. As far as Coach McNair's concerned, and I interviewed our athletic director, Ray Noy Dito, the other day, and it's posted out there, you know, there's a lot of talk of, you know, a lot of people love Coach McNair, but a lot of people feel like he's got to make some changes within his staff. Uh, Not going to happen. Coordinators, special teams Not coach. going to happen, Charles. Coach McNair's on that. the record. The last show we did, he said he wasn't going to make any changes. And talking with the athletic director the other day, he said the uh, head coach is the CEO of the football program. Whatever change, he's not going to meddle in that. Whatever changes he decides to make or doesn't make, he supports that, and he'll just evaluate the product as it stands. So my guess is that there probably isn't going to be any changes. If some coaches leave on their own, that's one thing, but I, do I expect someone to be terminated? I don't expect that. Uh, we definitely need to find a quarterback. There's no question about that. Aaron Allen, you know, he had his shoulder issue. He finished. He didn't play the rest of the season. Coach McNair has gone on record saying we're looking for a quarterback. So I think, you know, they're going to look heavy in the portal for that. But I, I agree with you. I think Coach McNair deserves another crack at it. I think he deserves the right to try to fix it. And uh, it'll be the second year in a row we didn't get there. So I do expect things to be better next year. We're going to have a lot of good home games next year. Southern coming in, Grambling coming in, um, Prairie View coming in. Uh, I, I do expect Valley coming in. I do expect to be a better season. If we can find us a quarterback, we got Jarvan Howard coming back. Defense will have to be improved. We lost some pieces there. And so I, I do expect the Braves to be improved. But I think Fred McNair will be the one to make those changes or not and lead us back to where we need to be. Well, I, I'll just say this back to, you know, you know my feelings about the FCS playoffs as far as because I'm alum of Southern University, there's never going to be an opportunity in the for, for uh, the near future that Southern or Grambling State, you know, will you know not play in it. But for those who strive to to play in the FCS and want to be part of that, I just have a simple simple situation: start playing some of your FCS brethren in the regular season, and you're gonna have to do home and home. That's just the way it is. And you got to have some success. Simple as that. We're seeing what the basketball teams are doing um, in their non-conference games. Simple as that. You know, committed, being biased. I understand all that. It's NCAA. Simply play them in the regular season and have some success. That means winning. That'll solve a, a, a lot of the situations as far as that. Well, we got to wrap uh, today's show up. I want to thank everybody that's tuning in, all of you. Uh, good afternoon uh, to everyone. 
Wow, Michael Cavalier says, fam, you got robbed. It wasn't their fault that the swag was so weak this year. Hmm. Uh-uh. Yeah, I mean, you, you got some some schedules that, you know, you know, the Virginia Lynchburgs, but, you know, Virginia Lynchburg went on a tour this year. They played teams in the MEAC as well. Again, again, simply schedule the Stephen F. Austins like Alcorn has done. Prairie View has done it in coordinate words for those who want to participate, want your institutions to participate in the FCS playoffs. From a economic standpoint, nah, it's not worth it. Southern Grambling makes more on that Bayou Classic than participating in the playoffs if they made a run to the championship. But anyway, that's another story. Charles, closing comments on today's show. Should be a fun Bayou Classic. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, and I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing from SWAC basketball teams out of conference. You know, the Braves beat Cal State Bakersfield. Uh, Southern University, Jackson State, we're doing a good job through the first few weeks of non-conference. Let's keep it up. Next week, we'll have Coach Petaway back to uh, uh, give us his analysis on what is going on as far as those non-conference games. Uh, some big wins. Southern University uh, beat, defeated uh, Law of Maryland by 18 in the Emerald Classic. They're playing um, in about an hour, Omaha, Nebraska, uh, a winnable game. Um. Appreciate everyone for tuning in. All of the guests uh, that we had, Bruce Eugene, the members of the 2003 Southern Football um, class, uh, Charles Edmund and Aussie Clark and Melanie uh, producing on a holiday weekend. We appreciate her as well. Until next Saturday, we'll be back at a regular schedule time at 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central Standard Time for another edition of the Coles Brown Show, heard and watched exclusively right here on the Black College Sports Network. Until next time, as always, peace, God bless, go Jags, go Bayou Classic, go HBCUs, and guess what? Coaches, give them a break. Give them a break. Peace. <laughs>